0: The Bloody Good Film Podcast!
1: Welcome to a podcast about the only two genres of film that matter. Action and war! I'm your host Jesse, with me as always my spider bro, Josh. This is the Pretty Good Film Podcast, and today we are talking about a movie that may or may not have spider people, but they have spider resemblance, and that was the only bro that I could work into this podcast. Josh, we're talking Cobweb, the 2023 surprise, I would like to say.
0: Yeah, mainly a surprise because they didn't advertise this movie worth shit. And then they released it at the same time that Barbie and Oppenheimer were coming out. They buried this fucking movie. Yeah, so 2023, surprise for sure.
1: What an awful release time to come out. Like, there was just heavy hitter after heavy hitter just around that time. And then to release the same weekend of Barbenheimer was just an awful idea as far as making money goes.
0: I'm 75% of the returns in theaters for this movie because I saw it twice. It brought my girlfriend the second time I watched it. So that's 75% of the theaters got their money from me because I'm the only person that knows that this movie fucking existed.
1: I think this movie is going to have a long life after it. I think it'll have a good streaming life. But uh, release time, that was a rough time to try to squeeze in between all those Powerhouse movies.
0: I mean, I'll admit, I did not expect barbie to be the worldwide hit that it was i was Oppenheimer good. had nolan attached to it so i knew that one was going to do fine i was going to be that was a that really issue i i, I like both of them surprisingly i did not expect to like barbie going into it i did not expect those to be or the barbie movie to be the powerhouse that it was but as soon as It started uh, getting hype. They should have moved the fucking release of this movie. It happens all the fucking time. And then maybe giving it some advertisement. I saw more advertising for it lives inside than for this movie. And it lives inside. If you go two episodes back, I mentioned that that movie was complete boring garbage about cooking for your fucking demons. So, no, I don't know why that got all the advertising and cobweb didn't. But uh, we're not here to talk about cobweb just yet. You're going to have to, like, fast forward uh, maybe 10, 15, 20. I don't know. We're before the edit right now. We won't tell you when. Listen. Just fucking listen. And while you're waiting for us to get to the part where we talk about cobweb, maybe go on your phone, scroll over to the iTunes app, Maybe leave a review there. Helps us in the algorithm. While you're waiting, while you're being so fucking impatient and passive-aggressive waiting for us to talk about cobweb while we're talking about trailers for other movies, you can leave a fucking review that'll help us out a lot. I fucking appreciate it. All right, Jesse. The first trailer that we're talking about is one that we've been waiting for a long time, and we only got a teaser on it, so we're definitely going to be coming back to this one in the future. We finally got something For the Toxic Avenger movie directed by Macon Blair starring Peter Dinklage. And I did not expect this trailer to look at all like it looks.
1: But that's a good thing, right?
0: Absolutely. Because it looks like a fucking trauma movie. It does. The history on this movie is insane. Because there was a point where this was going to be a PG-13 movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Toxic Avenger. And that was wrong. I was 100% against that vision. Macon Blair seems to appreciate trauma. He has a trauma feel. I'm sure he got a little bit of a better budget than uh, trauma usually has, which is probably <laughs> not saying much, but it sure isn't showing up on the screen. It looks like a cheap trauma feature. It looks fucking grimy and gritty and ugly and there's gore in it. And they have made one big, maybe little change to the toxic Avenger. Uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage is playing the part, and it's no longer Melvin, uh, it's Winston Goose, (laughs) which is a great solid. Is playing is the Toxic Adventure, and it's not just uh, an act Peter Dinklage playing him before he turns into the Toxic Adventure. Peter Dinklage appears to be playing both Winston Goose and Toxie in the same movie, so we're gonna have a little guy. Kicking some major ass, we do see him punch a chin off of some guy. So I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. I know he's not actually doing the body work for Toxy, but I think it should still be good. They have a whole person that they brought in that specializes in the body work. So basically, from what I was reading on this behind the scenes thing, is he filmed all the scenes as Toxy for all the quote unquote action scenes in the movie. And they sent it off to a third party. And that third party recreated everything scene by scene based on what they got.
0: But it still looked like a little guy when he was walking around.
1: It's a, it's a lady. It's a, it's a like a small five-foot woman or something like that that's doing the actual body work for Toxie.
0: But is he still playing the face of Toxie?
1: He's still playing the face of Toxie. So his face is going to be on it at all times. And he actually did the scene so that they had an idea of what it should look like. And his face is basically going to go right on top of that body. So I think it's going to be wild. I was beyond blown away with how much I liked the trailer. When you think of a big studio picking up a trauma movie, you just automatically assume that you're going to lose the trauma of that movie. But this still has the feel. It's got the jokes. It's got the gore. Like it seems to feel like someone gave Troma a little bit more money than they're used to. And that's what I want to see. And I like Peter Dinklage. I think he'll do a good job. He's a great yeah. actor. We've seen him do all sorts of crazy parts. And I think he fits perfectly.
0: Did as, you see you know, him play new... a little person in tiptoes? I believed it.
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The elf in uh, elf. I couldn't believe him there either, but <laughs> no, he's a good
0: actor regardless <laughs> of the fact that he's been pitching old. <laughs>
1: He is a good actor. uh I like Elijah Wood too. Uh, Elijah Wood's proven that he can do just random, off the wild cuffs type of stuff. So, like cast wise, like this is, should be an interesting movie. And tone wise, it hits what I wanted to hit, and that was the whole thing I've been scared of this whole time. You know, we've seen the teaser photo, we've seen what they think it's going to be, but this is the first time we've actually got an idea and it's kind of calmed my nerves a little bit that this movie might actually be good
0: well this also already premiered at a film festival and the reviews for it have been generally positive which is not something i expected about a trauma movie no but it's still saying that it's holding true to what trauma is even lloyd kaufman which i know he gets money for this so you, you gotta yeah take sure it he's very happy <laughs> grain of salt but he said he's talked about how macon blair seems to understand what trauma is and so even though it has a little bit more of a budget it's getting a little bit bigger of a release than any trauma movie usually gets it still has a trauma feel to it and i just noticed jane levy's a part of this movie so you yep. get jane levy kevin bacon peter Dinklish, elijah wood that's a pretty fucking solid cast I'm a hundred percent into this. I was on the fence for a while, especially yeah. when I found out that, uh, Peter Dinklage was still going to kind of be playing Toxie. I, I'm okay with the shorter Toxie now. I think yeah. I know the woman playing it, I guess the body, but it's still going to be a short woman. Well, he was, uh, Toxie was notoriously tall in the original four movies. Although really you should only watch the first and the fourth movie. Cause the second and third are kind of garbage. Uh, yeah. but, uh, Yeah i'm excited for this
1: yeah and i love just like the humor the humor very much fits troma i love when they're doing like the sketches of Toxie, and it just goes from like kid sketch to just a potato it's just like random stuff i think works really well so yeah i'm excited for it i'm definitely more excited now than i was before i have i'm a little bit more hopeful
0: and uh the other trailer that we have coming to us is The Beekeeper by Jason Statham. And I only found this because YouTube understands me, and this just popped up in my algorithm. <laughs> so I'm the one person that will see pretty much every Jason Statham movie that comes out. Oh, yeah. I was the only person in the theater when I saw uh, The Expendables on opening night. Zero. Did you do? M- we're not in like we're not even in like a small town area. We're no. in like there's a decent population. The theater by us is uh, Ontario Mills, which is actually almost a tour. De- not almost. It is a tourist destination oh, yeah. for some fucking reason. And I still was the only person in my theater that saw Expendables Four. So I'm one of the few people that will back up Jason Statham. But this movie, maybe it's maybe it's my bad taste in action movie, uh, looks pretty fucking fun. I know we've had a bunch of movies where you do an innocuous name, and actually the innocuous name is a name for a, a spy type of person that specializes in a certain type of thing. And that's what Jason Statham is. He isn't just the guy that works with bees. He's a guy that works with bees and with killing people and avenging creeds mother's death and so <laughs> well, uh, he, he's good for all that Jeremy Irons is the bad guy this looks Great. like fun
1: you tell me Jeremy Irons is a bad guy and Jason Statham's our main character i'm going to go see the movie like yeah. I, I don't care what what it's about like that's enough to get my butt in the seat to watch this movie Jason Statham it's he's one of the most enjoyable actors he's one of like the main action actors that i feel like you have to go see if he's in a movie go support him they're not all hits but for the most part they're all fun there are they're not all fun but for the most part they're all fun uh i'm excited for this one i like the idea of another jason statham as a spy train killer i love when he shows up to the people that scan creed's mom and basically the guy's like i'm gonna give you the count of three to get out of here and he basically goes one two three and beats the two guys up it's great it's that jason statham like snarky kind of attitude comedy before the ass kicking and it's what i want to see in a jason statham movie
0: i'm gonna say this this movie looks a little woke to me (laughs) like coming up against i guess these people scamming the old ladies i'm like all right they got a spy movie going against the big companies that are scamming people it's not this isn't pro-capitalism kind of shit going on and uh I'm a lefty woke person, so maybe it's me latching on more to something that isn't probably there, but uh, I kind of like that this almost seems to have a message, but it's probably going to be handled very clunkily. He does rip off a guy's fingers and attach him to a moving car that's going to go over a cliff. The guy that scanned Apollo Creed's mom—not Apollo Creed's mom—it was his, Apollo Creed's wife, Adonis uh, Creed's mom, kind of adoptive. We'll get to those movies eventually. He she killed <laughs> herself. He's a veteran, and it's going to be fucking awesome.
1: Josh Hutcherson's in it. I know you love him so much. Busy, busy time for him between uh,
0: who that is. That's oh, Keena
1: from the Hunger Games. Also, we just talked about him a couple weeks ago for Five Nights at Freddy's.
0: He does not hold in my memory. He's one of those guys that just has a face that completely disappears. If there was anybody that was going to be cast to play the question in a DC movie, the question has no face for people that understand the reference. I guess now he I would be a perfect person to play the question.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, regardless of who's there, I'm going to go see this movie and... The trailer looks exciting. It comes out in January. That seems like a fun way to kick off the year of uh, movies.
0: Well, January is when they dump movies that nobody cares about. So, yeah, I fully expect me to like it. I fully expect this movie to bomb.
1: Yeah, well, especially if Expendables Four is any indication, uh, this movie is going to bomb because well, Expendables Four, in theory, in theory, it should make money. Like, it should be movies that people would want to see. Like do people just not want to see dumb action movies anymore? Like, are we moving past that as a movie going society? Cause like, it's very few and far between that. We get just a dumb action movie that makes a ton of movie in the theater that doesn't have a superhero name attached to it.
0: Well, I went to see Expendables 4, uh, spoiler alert. We'll probably do those movies later on. I enjoyed the <laughs> fuck out of it. So yeah. I'm going to enjoy this kind of shit. But apparently it, it was weird because a. Uh, I expect Expendables to at least pull in the grandpa crowd. Because uh, right. I, I my taste in action movies lines up with old people. And yep. not even old people went to see this movie. <laughs> they, they just – I was abandoned. I, at least I wanted to hear somebody going up the stairs that doesn't understand the science seating. Like, where did you get this science seating? What's a D? Wait, there's a D and a number that I'm supposed to find for this? (laughs) This is too confusing. Back in my day, I remember where you just sat where there was an open chair. I wanted that experience and I didn't even get that. I could have sat anywhere in the fucking movie theater. It would have been zero problem. I'm not exaggerating. Zero other people were in there with me. And it's going to happen again with this.
1: (laughs) But it might be good. You'll probably enjoy yourself. It's definitely a bloody good film podcast type of movie, more so than a rest of America type of movie.
0: Absolutely. Are we ready to get into the big movie today?
1: Yeah, and of course, this one just came out not that long ago. It's on streaming already, so if you were going to see it, you probably should have seen it. Uh, spoiler warnings, if you do care about this movie, this one's definitely a spoiler. Heavy yeah,
0: yeah, this is a discussion podcast, not as much of a review podcast, so spoiler alert. By the way, I gotta take a piss real quick, so you got <laughs> I gotta edit this silence out, I guess. Two hours later. Can you still hear me? Can you still hear me?
1: Nah, yeah, your video just went out. Shit. Oh, there you go. Okay, your video's back.
0: That was weird. It, it said disconnected and then just came back. Hopefully, that's all. I think it's all in the pause, so it'll probably be fixed.
1: Yeah, you should be good. All right. <laughs> we have. Edit like that. The clap does nothing.
0: (laughs) All right. Stupid. All right. Shh. Let's get into.
1: (laughs) We literally have an. We have an automated service that puts both of our tracks right next to each other. There's no need for a clap track.
0: Jesse. Let's get into... Cobb. Cobb. Let's get in... That's so stupid. Let's let's get into Cobb. Peter is a loser who is constantly being... He's a little at school. Fortunately, he's appreciated a lot more at home with a mother and father that love him and a girl that talks to him from the walls. No, he mustn't talk about that. Slowly, Peter is starting to think that things might not be so serene at home and both his parents and the voice within his bedroom walls might not be exactly what they seem.
1: Again, this is a movie that I heard absolutely nothing about it yeah. came out like we said in the whole barbenheimer came out like a week after talk to me or like right around the same time as talk to me and that had the a24 powerhouse behind it and everyone loved that movie so this is better this uh, maybe yeah. they're yeah. they're around the same um mm-hmm. this one is really pleasantly surprising when i finally got to see this one i missed it on the theatrical run so watching it at home i will say this is one of those movies that i love this is a great stereo headphone movie turn it up real loud, get involved in the atmosphere. Cause this movie does a pretty good job throughout the whole thing of having a really unsettling atmosphere throughout the whole thing.
0: I would say there's atmosphere for the first three quarters of the movie. And then it's just insanity, which is fine with me because it, it leads into the insanity in a way that fucking works and there's good yeah. payoff, but you have to- do it slowly, because at first this was not exactly. This is a movie I liked, but it wasn't the type of movie that I fucking get behind. The movie that you say Josh is gonna fucking love this movie until it gets to the climax, and you're like, oh, this is a fucking movie that Josh is gonna fucking enjoy because it's gone there. But it's <laughs> slow build up. The performances at first are kind of odd, hard to get behind. I know Lizzie Kaplan's a great actor. I know Anthony is a good actor they're not exactly acting right which is suits this movie but it takes you a little while to catch on i'd I'd say their performance is very similar to i think her name's aunt martha in uh sleepaway camp it's like a more subdued version of that like people that don't quite know how to act like humans but they haven't gone full martha they've gone a quarter martha which is more acceptable for widescreen audiences but widescreen audiences did not see this movie (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's definitely purposely done and it's done really well i like this oddness that they have because immediately it makes you question the two parents i paused the movie at 11 minutes and i was like okay i looked over at my wife and i was like this is a twist this is what's gonna happen and their performances kind of lead you to that because they are off there's just something non-parental about these two parents that just look like You know, there's something going on behind the scenes, and you know, you mix that with the tapping on the walls. It's like, okay, there really is something extra going on in this house. Like, the kid's not just crazy.
0: And the kid's actually like a decent actor. He does a good job in this. Yeah. Like, not an annoying lead actor for a kid. Absolutely get why he wants to stay in the the class with Cleopatra Coleman longer. Because uh, she's still looking pretty good. They could not hide uh, her infinity pool curves in this movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I can stay in after class too. Oh, there's bullies? I didn't even know the school had bullies. I just wanted to stay in class with Cleopatra Coleman, who apparently gives her phone number out to students randomly, which... Uh, Can't do that. Honestly, although as many red flags... As uh, Lizzie Kaplan and Anthony Starr, Homelander head, there's more red flags for Miss Divine, Ms. Divine uh, than there is for them <laughs> because of that fucking phone number stunt that she pulled there.
1: Miss Divine is getting fired and really is probably never going to get another teaching job again. She's a substitute teacher that is going home to check on students. Like, she's going to students' house to check in on students. Like, one, regular teachers don't even do that. Two, you got to go through all sorts of checks and balances to get, you know, the proper people to go do that. You're not doing it as a substitute teacher all willy-nilly, not once, but twice, and then leaving your phone number on a piece of paper for a student. Like, that is not okay, Ms. Devine.
0: Hey, One of those times, he isn't even her student anymore. He'd been expelled for kicking Busey's student... She'd been... A- Let me get it clean. He had been expelled. (laughs) He had been expelled for kicking Gary Busey's son down the fucking stairs. And I understand that. We protect Buseys in this town. So it's a movie that holds on to our values.
1: (laughs) Uh, The movie starts off really well because it's a good balance of introducing you to the main characters. You know, we see that the little boy is getting bullied. And then they don't waste too much time getting you involved with the knocking on the wall and the little girl's voice on the wall. You know, a lot of times movies like this, they wait. You know, they keep building it up. You get cat scares instead of actually interacting with, the, you know, the ghost or whatever the case may be. But, like, in this one, we do get pretty early on the little girl knocking on the wall and then the slow and, like, very subtle Peter is such, like, a great, like, okay, wake up. Am I dreaming or is this real type of moment for the kid?
0: I'm wondering if this worked on you as it did on me. Cause I saw it in theater. Is the wallpaper kind of do something with your vision yeah. a little bit. Okay. So it's not just me. So there, the wallpaper is like a pattern. It uh, looks like balloons launching off into space or whatever, but like, because of the patterns, done a certain way it can kind of trick your eyes into seeing movement and bulging right where nothing is going on it's just your eyes constantly trying to find refocus there so there was thought put into as far as the wallpaper in this movie and i thought that was fucking clever hell. So i wasn't sure if it was like am i trying to be too deep here is my vision no. is just bad but the <laughs> wallpaper was doing something to my eyes
1: yeah it was moving because it was especially at the time where you're like you're focused on the wallpaper you're waiting to see what's going to happen and it does look like as she's talking that the wallpaper is like bulging out like almost like she's trying to reach through the wallpaper and get to it that's the feel that it has
0: and there is one time where it actually is her trying to do a freddy krueger against yeah. the wall but it doesn't quite go full-on head through the fucking wall like freddy krueger does but you can see the little bulge which makes you wonder why she couldn't get out earlier than she fucking does but it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter that, that that's a little bulge for anticipation and we've all had anticipatory bulges before and that just couldn't come out <laughs> too early
1: <laughs> but like his interaction with the little girl very quickly turns south like she's he's crying because he's getting bullied in bed and she's comforting him. You know, his parents are not comforting at all. They are very, the mom is very mommy dearest. She's very like to the point. I love my child. No one's ever going to take my child, but doesn't ever seem like she actually cares about the child.
0: I disagree. Um, I'm going to really strong disagree about that. She it's Sarah. Sarah's the person in the wall. That's poisoning Peter to think that there's no love between the parents, but I think both of these parents love Peter in that Sarah poisoned uh, Peter's mind against them. I do think they're villains, but they're not child murderers as to the point that Sarah in the walls is still alive. I have a theory and it's kind of like, I'm just going to go full out on it. They do talk about that child that got killed on Halloween night uh, years ago. And that's why they don't want to celebrate Halloween despite the fact that they had the big ass fucking pumpkin patch in their fucking yard and they did have some halloween (laughs) decorations but they don't let peter dress up for it they mentioned that peter was a miracle that he could should not have been able to happen i don't think that sarah is their actual daughter i think they kidnapped sarah they left her in the walls because they were trying to hide her she got away uh they ended up killing that one girl out in the garden and then, uh, they had to hide her. They had to hide Sarah in the walls again. And then by some miracle or luck, they actually, uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Kaplan got pregnant with Peter and they got their own child that they actually loved. And they couldn't bring themselves to kill, uh, Sarah, but they locked her away so they could keep, uh, they, they weren't becoming murderers, but they can keep, uh, taking care of the child they actually do love. Cause they were very adamant. Nothing's going to get this child taken away. And they're so adamant about that. They wouldn't even let Sarah get taken away when she's a, a fucking murderer. Yes. Yeah, so the parents aren't murderers. The parents are actually good people, but they do cover up for murders.
1: I had initially thought well, they in kidnappers. Unleashed-
0: kidnappers are bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they also locked their son in the basement, you know, with very little food or water in the dark, which is also probably not good parenting.
0: Eh.
1: Um, <laughs> Actually, have you read
0: the parenting books? Because of the parenting books that I've read uh, as an as a new uncle have said that that's okay to do.
1: <laughs> My original thought was that the girl in the wall was the girl that they talked about getting kidnapped on Halloween trick or treating. I was like, okay, that's the girl in the wall. They kidnapped her. They've been you know leaving her there this whole time. And then when he said that it was her sister. The only problem I have with your theory is the way that Sarah looks and she says, I was born this way as a monster. Like obviously she's been trapped in a wall for God knows how long that's going to affect you. You know how you look visually, but she does have some deformities right off the rip that, you know, said she said, you know, that was me being a monster. Is that her just playing on his emotions and trying to manipulate him again?
0: I don't think you can trust a single thing that Sarah says because she says, I'll agree with that. When you were born, they wept with happiness. When I was born, they screamed. Nobody remembers when they were fucking born. So that's bullshit right there. That's something that a little (laughs) child's not going to be able to look into. And I do know that your environment can play a little bit on your appearance. That's why identical twins don't end up looking exactly the same as they look older because they'll have different experiences and experiences in life can actually uh, affect your physical uh, attributes uh, as, as you appear in the world. So she was kept in the wall that time. She might have. She probably was like a discarded child, and that's maybe it wasn't even kidnapping. Maybe they just found a discarded child. Like I, Lizzie Kaplan's fucking barren, so they'll take this child. But nobody ever mentions the fact that uh, they had had a child before they had lost. It's always just Peter. So the fact that uh, they never there's no mention of Sarah by anybody except for Peter, and maybe acknowledged as Lizzie Kaplan is talking about. Uh, don't let her out that there was anything else going on there. So I think Sarah is a fucking liar. I don't think she's blood related. She might not know that she's not blood related. It, and she might just be like an adopted sister that's kept there in the dark and hidden away because they ended up kidnapping or adopting illegally a child that nobody else wanted who ended up being a fucking murderer on Halloween. So I I think there's like in between lines. It's like they said, Peter's a fucking miracle. it shouldn't have been able to fucking happen there's no miracle if a child had happened before you don't go, you don't have an ugly child and call the pretty one a, a miracle. You just say, 100%. I have one ugly child and then I have one that looks pretty decent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's another thing that I think this movie does really well. And that's really one of the strengths of this movie is it does kind of keep you guessing a little bit on who the main villain of this movie, like it gives you enough maybes that you have to think about it because the child voice in the beginning is very calm and very comforting and does a good job at seeming like all her only interest is protecting Peter to the point that we see Peter say immediately kick Busey, kick baby Busey down some stairs because she said that he needs to stick up for each other himself immediately. And like, just like that, you know, on a day's notice, just from this comfort that he's felt, he's ready to kick baby Busey down some stairs and, that just establishes their relationship and what he's willing to do and how much he truly believes what she's telling him. Like, he, she had him wrapped around her very long fingers pretty quickly in this movie.
0: It's also, she realizes that Peter's somebody that doesn't understand escalation because uh, I don't know if you've ever had one of those friends that have zero wit and then you back them into a the corner and they just say like horrible fucking shit that's yeah. not funny at all.
1: One to <laughs> like, a, one to a hundred.
0: Yeah, like, you gently rib on them, and then they bring up somebody else's dead mother as an insult, and like, oh, they don't understand the escalation of things, and they brought things too far. That's what happened with Gary Busey's kid, is he he broke his pumpkin, so he broke his fucking arm.
1: (laughs) Broke his leg, which Gary Busey's son's friends or family, whatever it is, don't seem to be good people because then they take it up another notch and they're going to break into this house with bats and hockey sticks and crowbars just right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I think that's a lovely family, honestly. (laughs) That's caring? That's caring. Like, honestly, uh, I can't think of anybody in my family that uh, if somebody broke their leg, that I'd go and beat up some little kid's. The whole family. Because they're going into the, Peter's house. They're expecting the mother and father. And they don't encounter the mother and father. They encounter the adopted sisters. Well, I'm, I'm going to say adopted. I don't believe that she was born <laughs> of those two very good-looking people. Those two sure. very good-looking people. You do not produce a spider baby. I'm sorry. It does not fucking happen. <laughs> so these two and beautiful if- people adopted the spider baby. And she was completely ungrateful because they kept her in between the walls oh what up ungrateful children is the theme of this movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the house is great like they do a really good job at setting the house up as just like this creepy house that someone really could be stuck living between the walls like i love the little doors and like the hidden door behind the fridge or behind the frame or when you pull the wallpaper out there's a hole that she's dug like the scene where like she he says i want to see you and like slowly peels back the wallpaper and like passes the ball down like the little hallway that she's carved up and then you get like a quick glimpse of like something sketchy like that all works really well like the atmosphere in this movie is great Because of the setting, like the house is such a cool, like old. It's kind of run down. It's a very old style house that makes sense that you know there would be knocks and cricks in the walls and stuff like that.
0: No, you can absolutely imagine kind of sounds that they're hearing there. I didn't think he should have been so surprised by what he saw when he had a Sarah look through the wall because uh, you couldn't tell that she was some spider-looking lady at at that point. All that you saw was an eyeball. What did he expect to look through that hole in the wall there? Like, <laughs> was he expecting a Porky situation? Like, it's either <laughs> their holes in the wall are for two things. They're for either taking a look through or for sticking your penis through. And uh, as progressive as this movie probably is, I don't think they were expecting Sarah to stick her penis through the wall.
1: We've been doing this podcast so long that I was like, Josh is going to make a glory hole joke right here. And sure enough, that's where it came.
0: There's There's no glory in that. I don't. it brings shame <laughs> upon your family
1: <laughs> but this movie reminds me a lot of barbarian which is one of my favorite movies from last year and i know you liked it a lot too yeah. because it does have a very similar setup and kind of progression arc to the point where you have the slow build up the setup the atmosphere trying to figure out what's going on and then it reaches a point of just pure insanity and mayhem where you see what's finally going on, and it's like nothing that you could have ever imagined. And I loved it in Barbarian, and I love it in this movie. The way they ratcheted up from slow atmospheric horror to almost crazy monster slasher is beautiful.
0: I thought the voice in the wall thing was going to go further. Like I thought just pushing Abusey down the stairs was going to be the first step in, like, slowly corrupting peter but peter's mostly a good kid he's just uh
1: oh i he guess kills he his does... parents
0: Damn, we all do some bad things every <laughs> once in a while
1: and that's not something that they told like they didn't say like we didn't hear her like talk to the wall and saying hey you know that rat poison that they were talking about earlier in the movie like they don't you don't get that interaction between her and peter you just kind of see the results and are left to know that that's what she told him to do.
0: Well, she did tell Peter that, uh, he was going to be thrown into the wall next. Like he was getting too suspicious. He was getting, uh, at a certain point, kids stopped being cute and they wanted to avoid the puberty years. Cause kids start to smell <laughs> at that point. And they were getting to the point where he was going to get thrown into the fucking wall too. And it, so she was poisoning his mind towards that. And there were enough hints that there's something off with the parents with which there is definitely 100% there, there something is something off,
1: off the with the parents you keep trying to like defend these parents that like yeah you know they're not murderers even though they, they allude to them being murderers no, no. they may very well still be kidnappers they they're are kidnappers child, they are child abusers they have one kid at a wall and one kid locked in a basement you can't do that those are not good people no matter how you spit it they may not be murderers but they're still criminals
0: I'm just saying they had a line. I'm not saying they're good people. Although (laughs) if they look that good, I'm gonna give them a slap on the wrist. Like, hey, Lizzie Kaplan, don't put your kid in a fucking basement. Be hidden behind a a fucking uh, refrigerator, which very tiny door behind that tiny refrigerator. Interesting that they had. It's good architecture. It's actually it's a nice basement setup, and they got a nice pit we can throw uh, discarded kids into it's it's like all around no notes uh maybe put the <laughs> pinball machine or something down there but other than that like i like the setup
1: all they were missing was peter with the measuring tape like counting out the square footage of the house and all the secret things like we got justin long and barbarian
0: what <laughs> i wonder if there's something to this uh Lizzie Kaplan makes him cupcakes when she's good to let him out of the basement and get back into the house. There's got to be something to the fact that two, and I think these were pumpkin cupcakes, which is gross. Two of them had frowny faces and the rest of them were happy faces. Are those two frowny faces, Peter and Sarah? Is it something about that? Or is it just like she got bored and like, too many happy faces. Let's just mix it up and have two frowny faces on here.
1: Yeah, they have so many pumpkins in their house and they don't ever really address why they have like this huge pumpkin farm in their back. But like I love the scene where Lizzie Kaplan is like cutting into the pumpkin and like dicing it up and getting all the goop out and she's getting like significantly more aggressive with the pumpkin as she's like stabbing it and like ripping everything out before she like lets out this like carnal yell. Like there's so much just like randomness in this movie that's there on purpose. That works really well to just shows just that our characters, everyone in this movie is just slightly unhinged in a way.
0: And Anthony Starr Homelander is uh he's meant to sound more evil than he is. Again, I do admit he's a kidnapper, or at least found a baby that he did not <laughs> register. But when he's talking about the pumpkins, uh, uh there's something riding the pumpkins, and you gotta like rip it out and and hope for better with the new ones, it kind of sounds like. He was got rid of Sarah and then he had, yep. was hoping for better with Peter, but Peter might be starting to rot so they might not have to get a new one. I fully think it was supposed to sound like that, but he was just talking about pumpkins to him. He, <laughs> he really thought they were just having a conversation about pumpkins, and Peter's like, oh my God, I'm a fucking pumpkin, aren't I?
1: <laughs> I love the scene with him um, when Miss Divine gets there the first time. Like I don't love anything with
0: Miss Divine. <laughs>
1: He's like carrying the hammer, like as he goes, and he like shows up, and like the whole time they're focusing on this hammer. We get the close up on the hammer. It's down on the counter behind him. It's like there's no way, there's no way he's just gonna bash it in the back of the head. But because of how the characters have been acted and portrayed so far, like in your mind, they're like these are bad people. They're gonna bash Miss Divine over the head with a hammer, and it's just kind of a a no a no release type of thing. They build it, they build it, they build it. And then she just takes off and that's it. And it's a good way of, you know, building you up like something's finally going to happen and then not letting you release it into anything and keeping the atmosphere in the movie. So that's one thing that this movie does really, really well is it keeps you very much on the same level of anticipation until the very end of the movie.
0: And also that scene did illustrate that he's, despite being a kidnapper, he's a pretty nice kidnapper because of the the claws (laughs) The the blood coming on his arm, that's from Sarah. He had just fed Sarah her gruel. No, he had fed Sarah her gruel, some delicious gruel. Yeah, probably pumpkin pie. Honestly, I'm I'm being mean by saying gruel. He had fed her a lovely pumpkin pie that people other than me seem to like for some reason. Even though pumpkin flavored Mm. shit is the most disgusting shit on earth. And Spider-Sarah probably loved that, and she still slashed his fucking wrist all the way down. Like, he's a good kidnapped father person for even putting (laughs) up with that ungrateful (laughs) Spider-Lady.
1: And, like, this all leads to, like, the main night. You know, Peter's starting to figure out that things may not be as it seems, and now his parents are finally figuring out that he knows what's going on. He may know not know everything, but he knows that there's someone in the wall and that's a pretty big deal breaker. And that's when you know we reference this whole thing with rat poison earlier in the movie.
0: Smells about like it cinnamon. Sm-
1: smelling like cinnamon. And then they're eating what looks nasty. Some sort of soup that doesn't look appetizing at all. I can only imagine what they're feeding Sarah.
0: They say soup, but it looks like oatmeal with too much liquid in it. It, it, yeah,
1: it looks disgusting <laughs> and you know he's like man did you do something different it tastes different she's like no it's the same thing and they're like digging into it and they're they're smacking their lips together And he's like it tastes like cinnamon and that's when you're like oh my god the parents are eating, and you see that peter hasn't touched his at all and like the dad is great because he starts like figuring it out in his mind and he's trying to get peter to tell him what'd you do what'd you do and then he's just like you know what Call 911. Like, once it clicks in his head, like, the first thing is to immediately call 911.
0: I mean, I figured that scene out almost immediately, even before, he, like, as soon as he says it tastes odd, immediately, like, oh, it's the rat poison. They made a big deal about it tasting yeah. like cinnamon. And, like, he goes, looks can be deceived. Like, at that scene, I knew that uh, rat poison was going to be eaten by somebody. As soon as he goes, oh, it tastes kind of funny, I'm like, oh, that's where the rat poison finally comes into this movie. That's pretty yeah. fucking awesome. Seeing Ant. Okay, let me just talk about his name real quick. Anthony Star instead an Anthony Star. Fucking hate it. Get your fucking H in there. You can afford it. it <laughs> Anthony sounds weird. It sounds like a four-year-old tried to spell Anthony and didn't know how to do it right. I don't know if that's normal. Maybe I'm sheltered, but I've never seen Anthony, and I was, was only when it's I was very looking common.
1: The,
0: really, it Super should be common. Anthony. It should be Anthony, right?
1: Well, he's foreign, right? He's not American. And it's very common in he's like four? traditional English. Yeah, I think he's from New Zealand, Australia, one of those. Um, and it is very common for you know Australia, New Zealand, England, no. stuff like that. They Anthony is a very common spelling for the name.
0: It's wrong. It's, you need that H. And you are right. Apparently, he is Australian. So wow, he's good at playing an American hero. With zero, <laughs> pro- with zero problems in it in uh in the boys so just like he embodies america so well okay and i'll let you have it uh he starts puking up all his guts that's pretty fucking great then uh, liz kaplan's like oh that doesn't seem right uh sh- And you notice when she starts chasing after Peter, even after all of her vomiting and all that kind of stuff, she's chasing after him with a knife. She never once swings the knife at Peter. I think she was getting the knife ready to hand off to Peter to go up against uh, Sarah. So even (laughs) in her dying breaths, she's like, Don't move the door or don't move the clock out of the way of the door and let her out. Lizzie Kaplan, good mother. Shouldn't, probably shouldn't kidnap but other than that a pretty damn good mother was willing to protect her son even after her son had fucking poisoned her with rat poison
1: well and that's the scene where you're like oh there there might be like if you hadn't figured it out at this point that's your scene where you know something crazy is about to happen because you know his mom's chasing him with the knife she falls down the cellar stabs herself she's dead he goes to get the keys to free Sarah. And the one thing she tells him, like, as she's dying is, you know, don't let her out. And you're like, oh, why? Like, what does she have to lose at this point? She's already dead. And that's where you kind of figure out that, you know, Sarah, despite being sweet and innocent and very soothing, this whole movie might not be that character once the door is open.
0: Yeah, and Peter gets regret immediately after he moves the fucking clock and opens up the door. Yeah, It's it, like... He doesn't, he barely even sees, you see a little bit of Sarah's eyes, which are a little bit glowy, which isn't something I typically like. Although, for some reason, the glowy eyes worked in this, even like the nightmare sequence with Liz, Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, yeah. The glowy eyes worked in that. I guess they just know how to do it better than Hell House LLC. But uh, <laughs> you get the glowy eyes it, coming out, and then Peter's like, oh fuck, I shouldn't have opened up this fucking door. And then he goes and hides. And that's when it goes into a movie that I liked, into a movie that I fucking love, because this, this, yeah. Last 20 minutes, perfection. Absolutely perfection. Goes fucking wild. Kind of almost slasher territory. But no, I don't know if you'd call it slasher exactly because it's a little beyond slasher. It's like monster slash slasher territory right then.
1: Yeah, and it, it's just you're waiting and you're waiting. Like we see the shape, but we don't really get a full view until later on. But at this point, the Busey family is now breaking into this house. They're smashing stuff up. One of them sees blood, like, a ton of blood. Like, Homelander was puking up just dark black blood all over the place and doesn't scream. He doesn't let anyone else know, like, hey, guys, there's a bunch of blood here. Maybe we shouldn't be in here. Like, worst case, if they don't get killed by Sarah, they're probably getting arrested and framed for the murders of this family for breaking into this house. Um, But... That's when we get our first kill. And the first kill is amazing because he's, like, smashing out the piano and then he kind of, like, looks back and sees, like, a cobweb but kind of looks like hair. And then he gets pulled underneath the piano and basically just eviscerated. You don't see anything. You don't see body part. You just see gallons of blood just splash out from underneath the piano.
0: What I like is majority of this, you don't see Sarah. She's almost more indicated by her shadow and by her hair. And she has like long fucking Rapunzel hair, which comes to the fact that a lot of people are saying this movie feels like a fairy tale to the point that, Peter actually climbs up Sarah's hair like Rapunzel <laughs> at one point. so I'm like yeah I gotta see the fairy tale part a little bit but it's like yeah. dirty fucking hair because if for some reason they're feeding her but they're not giving her any shampoo behind this wall so she's dirty <laughs> as fuck for 20 fucking years or however old she is her, she's not looking young she's she's uh, a little worse than people that have been using the tanning beds a little too long and uh, well,
1: she talks like she's an 80 year old woman which like the whole age thing, it's like, how old is she really? Because, like, she does a very good little girl voice. And then when she's, like, gets out of the little girl voice into her normal voice, one, the subtitles say old lady voice, which is incredible. <laughs> but, like, it really does sound like an older, like an old, almost like a fairy tale witch. You know how fairy tale witches talk in those type of movies? Like, that that's how she sounds. And it's great.
0: Maybe it's not her, not his sister. Maybe it's not even, uh, maybe they're actually good people and they made a Oh my god, stop with- trying to
1: defend these people, Josh. They're Let not me- good people.
0: I just came up with a new theory. Let me get it out. Maybe she is a witch and they locked this witch and this witch is uh, responsible for Lizzie Kaplan being able to get pregnant again, but they needed to hold her in place because she's an evil witch that's going to want something in return. And if they let her out, she would unleash, unleash havoc upon the neighborhood. So they made a bad deal in order to have Peter, but that bad deal left them with an old witch living in their walls.
1: It seems like a stretch. The word witch is never mentioned until I just said it right now.
0: She has what she she's very much detailed like a witch that knows parkour.
1: She does, and I, I love that she even mentions, like, I've been here for so long, I've adjusted to the dark. I've you merely adopted the dark, I was born in it. Learned how to climb, how to crawl. The movement is great, like, when you do see her moving across the screen or moving across the walls, whether it's in the shadow or in focus, like. It's really cool movement like you know I love when we get these types of you know slasher quote unquote scenes where we see just like crazy funky weird movement and you know the bending over backwards, the crawling the way she like lets her hair down to let people know that they're about to die like all that works really well and like it's it all happens so fast like so much happens in the last 20 minutes of this movie.
0: What's great is when the true villain of the movie, beautiful Miss Divine, who's uh, (laughs) sending out her number to kids like she shouldn't, uh, gets into the house and she's going up the stairs. You see uh, Sarah's shadow. Suddenly it seems to be multiplying arms and crawling up uh, the wall. But it's all done on shadow. That's such a good shot while you're just seeing Miss Divine walk up the stairs looking great and then creepy ass fucking shadow there and just The cinematography, I this guy, this is his first feature film, the, the director of this. Great. And it looks fucking amazing. There's so many great fucking shots. A lot of what works with Sarah is done in cool looking shots where you're avoiding a hard look at her. Because of, I'd say the times when this movie does fail a little bit is when we get too good a look at Sarah's face. I don't think we ever should have saw it because yeah. of Sarah does look like a spider person. And I don't like that look at all. It's a bad spider person face. And the only time it's kind of funny is when uh Peter's crawling up her, her hair to get out of the pit. That's in the basement that any good parents would have in their basement. He's crawling <laughs> up that and she's getting pulled backwards. And it's a little bit funny. The kind of facial expressions that she's making, but it does take away some of the mystique of what Sarah is.
1: Well, I love the shot. Like after she's killed all the Busey boys and beheaded one of them in the hallway, and she's trying to get to peter and peter's hiding under the bed and she's like monologuing a little bit above him and then the pumpkin like rolls down and inside the jack lantern is the head of one of the Busey boys like it's such a great shot like this movie is shot really really well it's lit very, very well everything's dark everything's just a little unclear it looks like an old creepy house like This movie looks and feels the way that it should have. Like, they nailed the aesthetic that they needed for this movie to work.
0: Yeah. What'd you think of the ending, though? Because I know, I've talked to a lot of people, like, everybody's like, I was in this movie 100%, and then the ending kind of sucked. And I was fine with it. I didn't find anything atrocious about the ending. He gets her her locked back up uh, downstairs. He's like, this isn't going to hold me anytime. the shadows move in your room. You're going to know that I'll be there. And there's kind of a hint. That she's found him again, or it could be within Peter's brain that he knows what she's talking about, that he's always gonna be looking over his shoulder for Sarah to be there, and then it just cuts to black. And I'm like, that's fine. That's a good horror movie I ending. Mean, it doesn't leave you like, oh, everything's all as well. Everything's wrapped up in a nice, tight little bow, like all the damn millennials and what, 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 what's, the, what's the younger crowd that I'm supposed to hate now? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the younger crowd is, I can't remember what I'm supposed to hate cuz I don't actually hate you guys. Uh you guys suck apparently. <laughs> and uh you <laughs> like things wrapped up in a nice little bow, and sometimes the horror's never end. And that's what I felt like this movie was doing. The horror is never over even when uh, you temporarily defeat the villain.
1: Yeah, I have no problem with it. I think it works perfectly fine. She's locked back up. She's threatening that, you know, you may not see me, but I'm always gonna be there. And you know, I love when she's talking about it, like you get the cuts into his mind, like when he's seen like different things of shadows movie, and or like catching something out of a corner by like real things, real things that people do, and now he's associating it automatically with her. Like, I think that's a cool way to end the movie. I think the real horror of the movie is that it is now Miss Divine now has a new son. Like she's taking him home. No one's called the cops yet. There's all this crazy murder that's going on. She knew that he was in a crazy household with crazy parents, never decided to get the authorities involved. She bulged into the house, saw dead bodies, got out, never tried to call the cops. Like she's 100% taking Peter home and making him her son.
0: There's some leaps of logic there. <laughs> there was no point there's no point that uh it was justified. it was justified to call the cops. She was supposed to leave him the fuck alone, but she was just too like nosy and getting involved with Peter's life that uh she couldn't see that Liz Kaplan and Amy Tony star were doing the best <laughs> they could under the circumstances. Like, I don't, I don't think Miss Divine's adopted him now, now that the, the now that uh, she doesn't have two parents saying that uh, she should be keeping away from Peter. He's lost all of his luster. Peter's old news <laughs> for her. Now she, she likes that forbidden fruit. I think Peter's living with some family out there with another kid in their walls that he has to worry about. Miss Divine does not exist for Peter anymore because it does not say that he that she fucking adopted him. I don't believe oh, she's adopted Peter him. should have been... A, this whole story was about how Peter should have been appreciative to the good parents that he did have, and he fucking murdered <laughs> his parents. Honestly, he should be in fucking Juppie. He killed his fucking amazing parents. The best parents <laughs> I've ever seen in a horror movie ever. They... In most horror movies, the parents do not believe the kid. They tell the kid that they're lying. In this one, they believed the kid so hard that it scared them. When they saw the drawing with Peter Seen, help me, it scared them because they believed him so hard. And they wanted him not to believe instead of them not believing. So it kind of twists the whole horror dynamic on its, on its back because you never see that in a movie. The parents... Or stopping the kid from believing the thing that was actually happening, or trying to stop the kid from believing what was actually happening, because they're good parents and they don't want their kid living in fear of this witch that's living in their walls. It was the only reason why he even exists, because Liz Kaplan could not get pregnant without this witch.
1: I like that the movie ended the way that it ended, because this would have been a very difficult movie to try to button up. Like, there's really no way that they could have explained everything away in a way that ended this movie smoothly. So I like the ambiguous ending of I'm always going to be there. Like, I want to see the sequel where someone else buys the house and they don't know that Sarah's still trapped in this underground dungeon that's been
0: there. And then they treat her right and uh, they get pregnant too. And it's just like, <laughs> maybe that could it going... maybe this is the You're prequel. You really digging movie. with the witch, huh? Maybe this is the prequel to Junior. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger moves in there and then, like, he, then he finds the witch, lets her go, and then she's like, you're gonna be pregnant, Arnold. And then Arnold gets pregnant and then he has a kid that he's overly protective of. And that's how the story continues. All right, Jesse. I think we said everything we need to say about Cobweb. So is Cobweb a bloody good film?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a bloody surprising film because it's a movie that I had no expectation for, no knowledge of. And it just came in and kind of blew my mind. I love that now, this is three years we've been doing this podcast. I've had three movies that I didn't know either know anything about or expected to suck, and they've all just completely blown my mind with Malignant, the the first year we did the podcast, and then last year we had Barbarian, and then this year with Cobweb. These movies are great. This movie, I think, is very, very well done. It's the perfect blend of atmosphere, slow build-up, getting you involved and focused on what's going on, and then complete left turn into insanity. And to be able to balance something like that, I think is really difficult, and I think they nail it. I love the design and the way that they shoot around Sarah when she becomes like the spider woman type of thing. I love the long hair. I love the long nails. The way she's just murdering and ripping people apart is great. The way they show horror without really showing too much, I think is really well done. Uh, And I think it's very well acted top to bottom. We get a very strong kid acting performance, which we don't always get. Two great acted parents, you know, they both act like they're really terrible parents in this movie. And I think they do a good job at portraying that. Uh, Miss Divine does a good job at portraying a, teacher overstepping her boundaries but other than that i think this movie is really enjoyable it's one of my favorite movies that i've watched so far this year um it may or may not be on my top 10 list if we make it through december and it doesn't get unhinged um but it's a great movie i think everyone should see it you know you can rent it now stream it it's definitely worth it hopefully you saw it before we spoiled it for you because there's definitely some fun twist and turn it's a movie I liked a lot the first time I saw it. I'm curious how it's gonna be, you know, a couple years down the road when I pop it back on, but I think it's still gonna hold up. Um but right now I think it's a bloody not amazing, but it, it's a bloody it's better than good. It's a bloody great film.
0: This is so far in my top ten for the year twenty twenty three. It's definitely my favorite horror movie. I liked this Better Than Talk to Me, which I liked but got a little bit overhyped. This is I go back uh, and forth. This is zany enough that it captures my attention because uh, nothing really works for me in terror in horror. So you got to do something weird and creative. And I think this one was definitely going outside the box for what a typical horror movie would do. And I went into this expecting a giant spider movie. This wasn't a giant yeah. spider movie, it was something else It was something more profound, something that taught me about What it means to be a parent, even <laughs> though I'm not a parent yet But this is going to be my guidepost if I ever do become one So this is absolutely a bloody great film
1: It's a good thing we live in California where there's no basements
0: Yeah, I can dig one up I need to, I need to get my spider baby so I can get my regular baby later on <laughs> All right, Jesse, what are we going to be talking about next week?
1: All right, Josh, HorrorTober has been good to us. Not only does it always provide good episodes, but this year gave us the opportunity to do five episodes in HorrorTober, which is always great, which means we get three double features. So we're going to end it with an episode that releases on Halloween. So we had to do it. We are going to do the masterpiece the original halloween and because it's a halloween special double feature we're gonna give you something even better than that we're gonna give you the rob zombie remake i'm just kidding we're gonna do the original versus the remake with the original halloween and the rob zombie remake
0: Uh, should be pretty fun or as rob zombie would say should be really fucking fun uh tune in next week for halloween and halloween rob zombie style fuckers
1: all right the beers are empty which means this must be the end of the episode thank you for listening make sure to go and follow our social media facebook twitter and instagram and even a little tiktok follow us on spotify itunes wherever it is you get your podcast leave us five stars leave us a review and let us know what you think helps boost our feed in the algorithm gets us in front of a few new people huge shout out to soul grinder for our intro and outro music make sure you give them a follow at soul grinder official and at merrill Gate. thank you to alvarium.art for our podcast art and remember
0: keep it bloody buddies no. You're popular tonight.
1: I know, I don't know what her deal is.
0: I've even told yeah, Heather, be able to
1: knock all the rides out.
0: I've even told Heather she's allowed to come in through here with uh, Maeve to take her outside to go to the bathroom. Heather never comes through here. Like She's like, don't... no,
1: she knows the importance. My daughter doesn't understand the gravity.
0: The only time she came through was uh, when I was recording with Buzzkill when we were talking about those stupid Nazi movies that were fucking awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, those aren't fun to talk about.
0: Yeah. <sighs> And I swear they made me sound worse, like just like <laughs> audio wise. I mean,
1: they went out of their way to make sure you sounded like you recorded in a tin can.
0: We all sounded good on the episode I edited, but on the episode that went onto to their podcast, we sound fucking awful. Its so well no wonder why our our numbers didn't boost up.
1: That's what it is. that's got to be the reason. It's not the
0: fact that their podcast has low numbers too. <laughs>
1: Just a downtime, too much saturation.
0: And they were talking when they came on ours that they were going to do like some crossover thing because they, they had stopped in the middle of their recording to come to ours. Our podcast is the last thing they put out. I know Mike got married, whatever. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> so, so such an excuse.
0: I won't be surprised if they never come back. <laughs> we get the last <laughs> part of the Buzzcoe podcast, guys.
1: That would be pretty funny. We'll just bring uh, we'll bring the other one on. Yeah, whatever, uh, whatever one doesn't want to do it, we'll bring him in as third.
0: I was thinking as soon as Mike admits that he's not coming on anymore, he's too busy being a wife to his wife. That uh, he's we're gonna go and fish James and make him a part of the the bloody good film podcast. He's got a good voice, so then we'd have you with the higher end of the podcast voice, him with the lower end of the podcast voice, and then me just being a jackass with a terrible voice. But it that's, works. That's, that's our dynamic. It'd be the good, the bad, and the ugly, but with voices.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Mike does all the editing. I'd rather have him.
0: <laughs> he, he's the one that got married and is too busy to do podcasting now. So you're going to have to deal with James. Uh, I'll
1: settle with James, old Jimmy. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, he goes back and forth between James and Jim, and it's confusing. Pick a fucking lane. I. It was very <laughs> easy for me to go with just Josh. I don't go Joshua or Je- Je- Jeshua or anything like that. I just stick with one fucking name.
1: I'm going with your Jewish pronunciation from here. <laughs> uh,
0: that that is, uh, I think the Jewish way of saying Jesus's name is Jeshua.
1: Yeshua. So, yeah. So That's why the little little fucking temple that I went to. Yeah,
0: that was anti. I'm able to make those jokes. You're not. That was, that was uncool, man. <laughs> no, really? that
1: was a real... I was thinking, first of all, I said it the correct way. You said it the incorrect way. Completely Secondly,
0: completely uncool. I,
1: I probably went to more temple than you
0: have. I've technically never been to temple. You okay, okay, said yes. Did.
1: So I'm technically a better Jew than you are.
0: I've worn more yarmulkes than you have.
1: That's true. <laughs> Fair enough. How, how, many,
0: how many yarmulkes have you worn?
1: I have not worn. You spun a couple more dreidels than I have, I assume.
0: Yeah, I used to fl- spin those dreidels like crazy. I used to actually know <laughs> how to fucking play the game. We played with gold chocolate coins because they didn't trust us with our, the real Jew gold when we were that young.
1: <laughs> the real
0: Jew gold. <laughs> we, got, we got little packages of like gold and chocolates and that was it. But the real Jew gold, that's what the adults played with, but we weren't allowed at those tables, and then I didn't become Jewish enough to play it as an adult. Oh,
1: you missed out on all that Jew gold.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's disappointing. <laughs> all right. Are we, are we ready to get started on this? A lot is going to make it into the edit. <laughs> the, the,
1: the Jew gold definitely making it into the edit. Yeah.